Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Determine what your main focus is, which should be capital preservation. Maybe you can have a couple other things you want to focus on as well. But the number one thing should be capital preservation because that is the number one most important thing to your investors. If you're a passive investor wanting to learn more about questions to ask sponsors in order to qualify the opportunities, in order to qualify the sponsor, in order to qualify the market that the property is in, then go to besteverpassiveinvestor.com. My team and I created this site just for you so that there is a free resource available to you to learn about the questions to ask, the things to think through prior to investing in deals. So go to besteverpassiveinvestor.com. It's a free resource for you that was made just for you. There needed to be a resource on apartment syndication that not only talked about each aspect of the syndication process, but how to actually do each of the things and go into it in detail. And we thought, hey, why not make it free too? That's why we launched Syndication School and Theo Hicks will go through a particular aspect of apartment syndication on today's episode and get into the details of how to do that particular thing Enjoy this episode, and for more on apartment syndication and how to do things, go to apartmentsyndication.com, or to learn more about the Apartment Syndication School, go to syndicationschool.com so you can listen to all the previous episodes. Hi, Passive listeners. Welcome back to another episode of the Syndication School series, a free resource focused on the how-tos of apartment syndication. As always, I'm your host, Theo Hicks. Each week, we air two podcast episodes that are generally a part of a larger podcast series that focus on a specific aspect of the apartment syndication investment strategy. And for the majority of the series, we offer a document, a spreadsheet, a template, some sort of resource for you to download for free. All of these free documents and past Syndication School series can be found at syndicationschool.com. This episode is a continuation of a series we started last week, or if you are listening to this in the future, the episodes that were 7 and 8 before this episode. So this is going to be part 4 of the series entitled How to Secure Commitments from Your Passive Investors. As always, if you haven't done so already, I recommend listening to parts one through three in order to catch up because 
we are building off of those first three episodes. In parts one and two, we discussed the first step of the five-step process for securing commitments from your investors. Once you actually have a deal under contract, and again, you are doing this concurrently with performing due diligence and securing your financing. But in those first two parts, we discussed step one, which is to create an investment summary. And we also provided a free investment summary template that you can use to either use exactly to create your investment summary or to use as a guide to create your own. What's really important is making sure that you include all of the proper information. And then yesterday or the episode preceding this one, which was part three, we went over step two, which was how to create the email to your investor database. And we included a link to an actual email that has been sent out to Joe's database of investors for a new deal. We went over the four goals of that and how to accomplish those four goals. And one of those goals, the fourth goal actually, was to invite your investors to the new investment offering conference call. So the email lets them know that you have a deal. The conference call lets them know more about the actual deal, or at least more than what was included in the email. And it gives your investors an opportunity to ask you questions. So that's step three, and we actually have a nine-step process for how to successfully implement and execute and prepare, I guess, for your new investment offering conference call. Now, one thing I wanted to mention before I go into the conference call was one last part about your email to your investor database that I forgot to mention, but if you actually click on the link, you'll realize and see what I'm going to say, and you'll know to do that, but that is to use images in your email. So that's one of the reasons why you want to use MailChimp because you can very easily upload an image to the email just to show your investors a few images of the property. So you can either just do one image of the front of the building that shows the monument sign so it says what the property's name is, and then that's it. But what we recommend doing is to obviously use that picture, but you also want to use a few other pictures. So what you'll see in the sample email is that the main image is actually a collection of four pictures. So it's got one big picture on top and then three smaller sub-pictures below. So the main picture will be a picture of the actual monument sign. And then below that, you can do a picture of any any aesthetically pleasing aspects of the property. So it could be the pool. It could be inside the clubhouse, or the fitness center, or a barbecue area, maybe an office or a business center. Anything that kind of gets the point across that this is a very nice-looking property. And you also want to include your logo. So we have the Ashcroft Capital logo also included in that image. Again, just to give it an additional level of professionalism. So make sure you're including at least one picture in your email and make sure that you have your logo. So if you want to learn more about how to create that email and what to include that email and the four goals to accomplish, make sure you check out part three, which again was aired yesterday or if you're listening to this in the future, the episode directly before this one. So as I mentioned in the episode about creating the email, your fourth goal is to invite your investors to this conference call. So in that email, you wanted to obviously invite them to the conference call, and then you wanted to provide the information about how they can actually join the conference call. So the date of the conference call, the time of the conference call, they can actually put in the time zone. And then the phone number to call in as well as the passcode to use once you dial in, depending on the service you use. But most of them will have a dial-in number and then a passcode. And then on this call, you're going to want to provide an overview of the opportunity to go over the deal in more details as well as 
have some time left over at the end to answer any questions that your investors have. Now, as I mentioned, we use freeconferencecall.com because as the URL implies, it's free. But more importantly, it actually records the conference call, which will come in handy once you are actually completed with the conference call. Of course, there are other providers you can use like Zoom or Skype or Google Hangout or whatever. It really depends on what you want to use and what you're comfortable with. If you've never used one before, freeconferencecall.com is very simple, so I would just go ahead and use that. But if you've used Zoom in the past, and go ahead and use Zoom. It doesn't really matter. The whole point is, essentially, can someone hear you is what's important. And does it record the call? So before you actually hit send on that initial email to your investors, you obviously need to set up your conference so you can include that information on the email. If it's your first deal, you've only done a couple of deals, we highly recommend having your investment offering conference call at least two weeks, or I guess it could be exactly two weeks after you sent out that initial email because you're going to need some time to prepare if it's your first call. Once you've done a few deals, then you can schedule it the next day or later that night, or you can kind of prepare beforehand. But this is your first deal. You're not going to be as efficient at due diligence, securing financing, creating the investment summary. So you want to give yourself as much time as possible because really this investment offering call is your one chance to get your investors interested in investing. Also, after that two-week period, you're going to have some of your due diligence reports back, maybe a lot of some information about the loan, and so that's some extra information you can include in the conference call. You'll be able to answer more questions without having to say, oh, well, we haven't gotten to that point yet. I'll get back to you. But also, if you came across any disqualifiers, like the environmental didn't come back clean, and you back out of the deal, then you aren't wasting your investors' nights by talking to them about a new deal, and then you end up having to back out because of title issues or survey issues or something like that. Plus, since you'll have more time to prepare, you might be a little bit less anxious during this call because, again, you're talking to people who want to invest in your deal, so that could be nerve-wracking. So the more time you give yourself to prepare, the better overall. So the process for making sure that your new investment offering call goes as smoothly and as successfully as possible is nine steps. So this is essentially exactly what Joe does when he is preparing and executing his new investment offering calls. Now he's done 20 plus calls. So if you've never done a deal before, I highly recommend following this advice because it's been a process of trial and error. And so all of the good things Joe's kept, all the bad things he's no longer done. And so everything we're going to explain here is how to essentially perfectly execute your call. I recommend using this as a guide. Any quotes or anything that I say, this is exactly what Joe says. You don't want to say verbatim. You want to customize it based off of of how you personally communicate as well. So this is a guide, not something that you want to use as a script. And we're going to go through as many of these steps as possible. I don't think we're going to get through all nine in this episode. So we will finish off the remaining steps in next week's episode, and then we will move on to the fourth part of the process for securing commitments from your passive investors. So let's jump right in. The first thing you want to do is get yourself in the right frame of mind. For Joe, this means answering the question, why am I presenting this opportunity to my investors? So that answer is going to vary depending on, again, it's going to vary from person to person. But what you want to do is you want to open up a Word document this is going to be your guide during the entire investment call. And at the top of the guide, in bold letters, so you can underline it, you can make it size 50 font if you want to, you want to answer that question and write out the answer to that question. So for Joe, 
It reads, I am here to serve. I am here to help my investors preserve their capital and then grow it. When they get the returns we're projecting, then they're going to be able to spend their time the way they want to spend it. And the world will be a better place because of it. So that's what Joe reads and says to himself before he starts his call to get him in the right frame of mind. Obviously, you pick your own reason. It could be something similar. It could be something completely different. But ultimately, Joe thinks it's best to have a purpose, a reason for raising capital, for syndicating deals that is much larger than just you and your business. So that really gets you out of the way. And instead of you focusing on yourself and thinking, oh, am I saying this right? What if I mess up? Instead of focusing on that, you're focusing on your investors, which is ultimately where it needs to be. So one thing that I remember Joe has talked about on Following Friday before is how he's so comfortable and confident speaking in front of people. And at first, obviously, just like everyone else, he was a ball of nerves. And he realized it's because he was focusing on what he was going to say. He was focusing on how he was going to feel, how it was going to come across which is, again, him focusing on himself, whereas when he decided to say, wait a minute, I'm actually presenting these people. They're all here to learn something, and they want to learn something. So if I focus on how I can help them learn, how I can add value to them, rather than focusing on myself, all those nerves go away. Now, again, that works for Joe. It might not work for everyone, but that's why he has that as his reason, as well as, as he mentioned, if people are able to make money, then they can free them up from spending time at work. And because he believes people to be ultimately good, if they have more free time, they're going to do more good. And if they're doing more good, then the world will be a better place because of it. Now, make sure that you (laughs) remind yourself. I mean, I highly doubt you'll do this, but remind yourself that this statement is for you. It's not for your investors. So you don't want to lead off the call by saying, all right, everyone, I appreciate you joining the call today. But um, I want to just say a quick little statement before we begin. I'm here to serve. I'm here to help you preserve your capital and then grow it. When you get the returns you're projecting, you're going to be able to spend your time the way you want to spend it. And the world is going to be a better place because of it. Maybe you can get away with that, but you don't want to read that to your investors. That could sound a little crazy and maybe turn some people off. So for Joe's particular statement, he knows that if he is able to accomplish this goal, if he's able to serve and get that point across to his investors during the call, then it's going to be a win-win for both Joe, because he's going to get the capital he needs to buy the deal, but also for their investors. Again, because of the fact that they'll have more time, because they'll have more money and want to focus on just raising capital, they can focus on other things that they like. So overall, part one is whatever you need to do to get yourself in the correct mindset and to not be anxious and to make sure that you are focusing on adding value to your investors is what you need to do before the call. So that could be a statement, that could be you just reciting something in front of a mirror, that could be you meditating. Whatever you need to do to get your mind right needs to be the first step before you even prepare for the actual call. So that's number one. Number two of nine is to determine what's going to be your main focus. So instead of getting in that service, that other mindset, you also want to determine what's going to be the main point of focus for the investment call. Again, this could vary from person to person. However, From Joe's experience, the main focus for all of his calls is capital preservation. So not making them money, but making sure that at the very least he preserves the money that they've given him and not losing their money. So the reason why this is the main point of Joe's conference calls is because of, or at least in part, due to the interesting psychological concept, which you may or may not have heard of before, which is called loss aversion. 
So essentially, loss aversion is people's preference to avoid losing money more than actually gaining money. So in other words, the feeling that people get from losing $5, so the magnitude of that negative emotion from losing $5 is of greater magnitude than the positive feeling they get if they made $5. So from Joe's experience, and also after interviewing over 2,000 different real estate professionals on his podcast, this concept of loss aversion definitely plays itself out in real estate. So people would much rather not lose $100,000 than actually make $100,000. So that's kind of one reason why capital preservation is the main focus. The second one is pretty obvious, but if Joe or if you lose your investor's money, then it's a lot harder for you to reach your financial goals. And it's a lot harder for you to continue to grow and scale because if you lose your investor's money, again, you might be able to get them to invest again, depending on how you handle that situation, but you're likely not going to retain 100% of those investors, which means you need to go out and find more money, but now your credibility is taking a hit and you're going to have issue finding capital. So you're kind of hurting yourself as well. So number one, your main focus is the preservation of your investor's capital. The two reasons why is number one, that concept of a loss aversion. Number two, the fact that you're losing other people's money doesn't work for you. Then you can use selfish reasons like, well, then I'm not going to make money either because of the fact that they're probably not going to invest in my deal again. So those are the two things you want to do before the call. Number one is to get your mind right, to get in that service, that other mindset. And number two is to determine what your main focus is, which should be capital preservation. Maybe you can have a couple of other things you want to focus on as well. But the number one thing should be capital preservation because that is the number one most important thing to your investors. Number three, pretty simple. And this is when we actually begin to execute the conference call. So you, you call in, you make sure everything's working, maybe test it the night before to make sure that it's actually recording the call. So maybe have your friend or, or your wife or your husband or your girlfriend, boyfriend, whoever, call in and stay on the line for five minutes, maybe sing you a song, and then you can go back and make sure that they actually recorded it and the recording is clear. Maybe you sing a song too to test out that your audio is clear on your end. Make sure that you're in a, a place that's got good cell phone service because you don't want the call dropping while you're doing it. Or if you're doing like a Zoom or something online, make sure you've got good internet that's not going to be interrupted. And then obviously call in. And once you call in, step three is going to be to start the call with a welcome. So what Joe does is he, at the start of the call, he welcomes everyone who is on the call Thanks them for taking the time to attend because typically these things are occurring at night because the investors have jobs during the day. So but thanks for stopping by at eight o'clock at night for a few hours in order to attend the call. Unless you're a neurotic mess, you probably don't need to prepare the welcome, your one sentence opening to say, hey, thanks everyone for joining the call today and welcome. And then that's it. And then once you've actually welcomed everyone, a good next step, which is number four, is to provide a summary of how the conversation is going to flow. For Joe's calling, what you should do as well is let them know right from the beginning that there's going to be a Q&A session at the end. So it's not a chronological table of contents or chronological summary. You want to get the most important thing out of the way first and probably the number one thing that they're thinking of, which is, well, are you just going to talk at me or do I have an opportunity to ask you some questions about the deal as well? What's great about the Q&A is that most likely if one investor has a question, then other investors probably have that exact same question. So rather than 
answering the same question via email 50 times. You can just get it out of the way one time. And of course, as I mentioned, your investors are likely going to want to ask you some questions because we're talking about 50, 100 plus thousand dollars that they're in the line. And they're not just going to do it based off of information you're providing to them because you might be leaving some things out. So they can go ahead and ask you really whatever question you want and in a sense, put you in the spot to answer. And so we'll go over a little bit more about how to prepare for that Q&A session later on in the process. But one just quick tip is something else you want to do before or at least be prepared to do before the call. And this will help you make your Q&A session more efficient, which is to provide your investors with your email address or a email address. And again, you can do this at the beginning of the call after the welcome when you are summarizing the call. So you want to give them the email address and tell them that they can email you their questions as they come up during the conversation or any prepared question that they've prepared to ask before the call. And the reason why you want them to do that is so that you don't forget any of the questions and so that they don't have to interrupt you during the conversation. Now, I'm pretty sure you're using freeconferencecall.com. You can automatically mute everyone except for the host. But if you're using a service that doesn't do that, Number one, you probably want to use the service that does that because you've got a thousand people on the phone at once and 1% of them are muted. That's 10 people that don't have their cell phones on mute, which means you've got background noise from 10 different phone calls. So if a baby cries or if they just don't realize they're mute and stop talking, if they're in a noisy area, it's going to bother everyone else. Plus, again, you don't want the call to be constantly interrupted by questions. You'd rather just gather all of them and then answer them at one point during the end because now, from your perspective, that can interrupt the flow. And then secondarily, it could make the call last a lot longer than it needs to be. So ask them to email you the questions. And then depending on how you're going to go about doing the FAQ section, either one person can have access to that email and they'll do all of it. Or you have one person that's reading through the emails. I think what Joe does is he gets them on a Facebook message. So I think his business partner collects all of the questions and then messages them to Joe one at a time. So he can go through each and every single one of them one at a time without actually missing a question by reading through the entire list. So that's just one quick tip. You don't have to do that. You can have people interrupt in the middle. You can just have them ask questions at the end. You can say, hey, anybody got any questions? And then let people butt in. But again, that could get confusing and tricky with thousands of people on the call. What if you ask for questions and all thousand people ask a question at once? So the best way to go about the Q&A is to... Tell them in the beginning, hey, uh, we're going to do a Q&A session at the end of the call. The way it's going to work is please email us any question you have either right now or as they come up throughout the call to abc at gmail.com. And then at the conclusion of our presentation, we will go through and answer those questions one by one. So that is number four. So you want to kind of summarize the flow of the conversation, specifically explain that there's going to be a Q&A session and then whatever else you're going to talk about during your call, we'll explain that as well. Number five, and this is where we'll end today's conversation, is to introduce yourself. So after you've welcomed everyone, after you've summarized the call and explained how the Q&A session will work, then go ahead and provide a brief biography of you and your business partner or anyone else who is going to be presenting on the call. So if it's just you give a bio on yourself. If it's you and your business partner, give a bio of you and your business partner or let them give their own introduction. Again, you can approach it however you want to, but the point is to introduce yourself and why the investor should be listening to you. So explain your background. So specifically what's your business and real estate background as it relates to raising capital and why they should be giving you their money. 
explain what you do for the syndication business. So do you raise capital? Are you going to be asset manager? Are you doing the underwrote the deal? Explain your strengths as it relates to this particular deal. So if you're the person that's going to be doing asset management, you can mention your asset management experience. If you underwrote the deal, explain how many deals you've underwritten, the amount of deals you've underwritten in dollar amounts. And then you can also explain your overall investment goals. So how many deals you want to do this year, things like that. And then have your business partner or business partners do the exact same. So that's number five. That's more of the preparation for the call and some logistics of the call. Six through nine are the meats of the presentation. And we're going to stop here for today and get into the meat of the conference call conversation next week. So in this episode, we got through steps one through five of the nine-step process to a successful new investment offering conference call to listen to parts one through three, as well as the other syndication school series about the how-tos of apartment syndication and to download those free documents for this series and all other series, visit syndicationschool.com. Thank you for listening, and I will talk to you next week. If you're a passive investor and want to learn more about Ashcroft Capital, the company I co-founded with my business partner, Frank, and in particular want to learn more about our strategy and how we think about the opportunities that we purchase, go to ashcroftcapital.com and click the strategy button above, and you'll be able to read through our thought process we use when we're purchasing multifamily properties. What if you could earn 10000 per month net cash flow for life? Now you can at the Residential Assisted Living Academy. Gene Corino teaches you how to take a single family house and turn it into a cash flow machine. Visit ralacademy.com to learn more.